All right. Well, I uh, just want to share a testimony um, real quick. Um, I was just sitting there worshiping God, and um, God just kind of reminded me of something that happened today that, uh, um, you know, you often have some things that happened, you know, in your day to day, and it's pretty amazing um, that you just, as the day goes on, life gets you and you just kind of forget. Um, but today we, we had a, at, at Russ Physical Therapy, we had a, uh, a Christmas party, and uh, it was uh, any ordinary Christmas party, except they wanted me to bring hot dogs, which I did, which was the first Christmas party very hot, hot dogs at, but yeah, it was good, it was good. Um, but uh, before we did anything, um, we opened up in prayer, um, and you know, in, in, in some settings, you know, you might open up with somebody, one person praying, and you know, for the whole group and, you know, blessing the food and that kind of thing. But that's not what this was. Um, this was a, uh, a an actual prayer time, you know, it probably 15, 20 minutes uh, of this fir- first part of the party. And uh, it, it opened up with a, with a man named Noel, who's a missionary um, to Honduras, um, who just came back about six months ago and he's now working there. Um, and it started out with just prayer requests because we have a prayer box at, at, at work and, uh, if anybody has a prayer request, um, they can just drop it in there, and we pray for them weekly. Um, but we started up just him. He just opened up, and everybody that works for Russ Physical Therapy Incorporated was there, and and we all had we got to take turns praying, and just to be able to hear um, some of their hearts and and what they're what they're praying about, the things that 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 not only they need, but the things that the patients are needing, and and the fact that we can we can get together and we can pray openly without um, any hesitation, without any um, bit of um, question of whether or not we're going to get in trouble. Um, it was amazing. Um, you know, at Mercy, we, we, we would have, a, we'd have a, uh, um, a prayer at the beginning of our, all our meetings, but it was the director was the only one that could pray. Um, they had certain things, the way they did things to keep it, to keep the legalities and all that stuff. You didn't want somebody getting mad because they were asked to pray. Um, but here, it's not that way. Everybody that works there openly prayed verbally to God, asking Him for something, praising Him for stuff. Um, and it was just amazing. It just That's how I started my day off. And so um, can't, can't say... Um, can't say any more about God, just how awesome He is and the things that He's doing in my life. Um, and so tonight... Um, well... First, I'll start off last night. Last night, we've had our, sis, our my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, staying with us for the last week or so, and uh, really helping us out. And you know, we're just trying to pour into her life and and stuff. She's uh, going through some some hardships and and everything, and uh, um, which was awesome. But last night, she had to take her home, and uh, I w- I wasn't going to get off until late, and so I didn't want my wife out super late. Um, I didn't want the kids out super late, so I had them go ahead and take her home while I was working and. And it turned out the person that was going to give me a ride home couldn't, and there were only two females left in the facility, so obviously I'm not going to get a ride from them. And so I got to walk home uh, from Russ, <laughs> which is about three miles. Um, and it might sound bad, but um, I, for the longest time I've been kind of rush, 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 trying to get things done, trying to do things. But on that walk home, I was actually able to just talk to God the whole way. Um, and I had I had an idea of what I wanted to preach on, um, but... God once again, He changed. He changed it. He changed what I thought would be good into what He, what I believe He believes is good. A uh, good message for tonight. And so the title of the message is the debt of forgiveness. Um, our key scripture is going to be in Matthew six verses nine through fifteen. Most of you guys know what this verse is. Um, if you want to go ahead and flip there, you can. 
But, you know, we have a choice to make every single day of our life. Um, we can live each day in, in focusing on the disappointments, focusing on the failures. We can focus on the, the heartache of sin. Or we can choose to live a life in the forgiveness that Jesus, the reason that we're celebrating this season, the reason that, that we, we have Christmas, we can focus on Him and the forgiveness that He offers. This evening, we live in a world that believes there's a certain things that, that influence our life. Um, those who put their confidence in, a, or in astrology or uh, witchcraft type things um, believe life is planned out. Um, that there's a set thing that happens. Um, how many knows what their horoscope is sitting here right now? How many knows what a horoscope is? Okay. If you don't know what a horoscope is, basically, it, depending on what month you were born in, that will depict your life forever, um, which is ridiculous. Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, the, the astrologers, you know, they believe that um, life will happen a certain way depending on the pattern of the stars or maybe the position of the moon and the sun. Um, or maybe it's, uh, it's like I was just saying, the, the month you uh, were born in. Some believe that it was the month that your spouse was born in. depends on how good your life will be. Um, some people rely heavily on, uh, you know, these sayings like, you know, it, it's just a luck of the draw, you know, life is. It does, there's no real, um, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, you know, you got lucky and now you're able to do this. Um, the odds of occurrence or, you know, as fate might have it, um, this, is, this is how it unravels. But believers in Christ know that th these things are not true. The month that I was born in has absolutely nothing to do with how I live my life. Uh, and there really is only two things in life that can influence how I live. One is the sin in which I, I was born into. We see that in Psalms 51.5. It says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So we were, we were born in, into sin. There was nothing we could do about it. We were born, and this world was full of sin. Number two is the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Those are the only two things that, that we can live life by that will affect our life. Is one, sin. Two, the forgiveness from that sin and whether or not we receive it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made, he made him who he knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I have made a choice to make every day of my life I can live each day in the disappointments and the heartache of sin, or I can choose to live in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. The fact is this. The habits of the sin in our lives do control who we are and how much we enjoy or do not enjoy our lives. It's not the pattern of the stars, but rather it's the pattern of our sin and whether we're delivered from it. I'll give you an example. Um, everybody knows the story of Adam and Eve. Um, they, weren't, they weren't born into sin. Um, so this first part... Um, it had nothing to do with They weren't born into sin. They were born sinless per, in, 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 the land, in the Garden of Eden, being able to talk and walk with Jesus. But the one, walk and talk with God, but the, the one thing that they did was sin, and that ruined the rest, the rest of eternity. Well, they the rest of history as we know it. Um, you know, for instance, uh, say there's a guy named Johnny, and he's 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 
I don't know, 18 years old, just graduated from high school, um, out in college, and he gets dared by his buddies um, to go steal from a convenience store, which obviously we know is a stealing. And so Johnny goes and he steals, but he gets caught. He gets caught on camera. That's one sin. That's one sin. But what happens to Johnny is he gets he gets in, in trouble for doing that, but his friends, they, they, you know, that's what they do. That's what they do. And so he goes and he does it again, and he does it again, and he does it again. He knows it's wrong. The very first time he did it, I'm sure it was going through his mind, hey, this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. I know I shouldn't be doing this, whether or not he was a Christian or not. But he goes and he continues to do it and continues to do it until he ends up going to prison. And in prison, he gets deeper and deeper into sin. Eventually, he gets out. But see, Johnny doesn't have any friends anymore because he, he lived his life the way that he did, sinning, living in sin. He has no family left because he's been stealing from them. He's been, he's been living a life of thievery. So now he's mif- missing out on life because of one single sin that started a chain reaction. If we were honest with ourselves, we would often make the same mistakes as we made all of our lives. If you think of when you were a child, the mistakes that you might have made, you might say that uh, um, when you were a child, you had a problem with lying. Well, unless you allow God to change you and completely transform you, you're going to have that issue because that's a temptation of yours. Um, you know, when I, when, when I was a kid, I had a problem um, with, uh, well, I had a problem with pornography when I was a kid. Um, I, I don't now because God is... God has transformed me, but when I first got got saved, that was an issue. I had a problem with cursing. Um, that was a big issue, and for the longest time, um, until I was about 17, I still had a problem with cursing. Um, it wasn't something that God delivered me from immediately when I received salvation. Um, you know, God can do that. You know, as soon as you get saved, God can deliver you from those temptations, and He can He can do all that. But a lot of time, that's not the case. You know, God wants us to to walk through life and to and to be able to overcome these things through the power of His Word and through the power of His Spirit. So I'm speaking to you tonight from the voice of experience, um, not from a voice that's, that's pointing a finger, uh, but from the voice of experience that's happened in my life. Um, for, each is up, for each of us, there's a certain sinful thing that keeps repeating them, themselves in our lives. Some of us may need deliverance from these old feelings, these same old heartaches, or these same old habits. It's God's desire that we all become a new creature in Christ. We should all experience what the Bible tells us about in Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians, Galatians 6, and in Colossians 3. In these verses, it talks about the newness of Christ and the newness of His covenant, the new wineskin uh, filled with new wine becoming a new creature, and the, the new commandment, which Jesus told his disciples about. Um, in Psalms 149, it, it talks about singing a new song. In Revelations 21, it's waiting on the new heaven and waiting on the new earth. Um, Jesus uh, made you and I as a promise in Revelations 21.5 that, 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 that should excite us. Behold, I make all things new. All things meaning you, me, Everything, not just the heaven, not just the earth, but all of us people. I can't speak for you, but I'm just simple enough in my faith that I believe that can be true for any of us. 
For me, there was a time in my life that I didn't like myself. I didn't think that there was life. I, I didn't like where my life was heading. I didn't, I didn't think that um, it should continue on. I wanted it to be done. Um, I wanted to end it. But somebody told me that I could be made new. Maybe not in those exact words, but maybe in the love that they shared with me. Maybe in, in just the time that they spent with me showing me that God loved me, showing me that, that things did not have to continue the way they were going. Some Christians told me that Jesus didn't like the way I was living in my sin. The, some Christians also told me that the good news was that Jesus would take me just the way that I was, that I didn't have to change. With all of my old habits and with all my old hearts and hurts and heartaches. For some of us, that was a long time ago, and yet every once in a while we see something from the old days. Some of our old ways just pop pop up out of nowhere when that happens we're reminded of, of the devil reminds us of things that happen you know the way that we used to be um, who we used to be what we used to do I can remember that I didn't really want to experience this new life at first you know and to be made new it sounded hard it sounded like something that uh, I was going to have to really change for you know I uh, you read the Bible, and, and you know sometimes it can, when you're a new Christian, it seems like it's just a bunch of rules. It's just like a bunch of things that, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, but I found out as, as I grew in Christ and I grew in the knowledge of His Word that it's not, it's not just a, 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 a list of rules. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a list of, of how much God loves you and the things that He wants to keep you from. It's almost as if there's a spiritual DNA um, in people that's, n that, that's not right with God. Overall, a person may not be too troubled about how they're living, but the fact remains that you may find yourself cycling through the same old garbage of the old feeling every once in a while. So what's the answer? It all has to do with whether or not you really have forgiveness in your life. It is important that we are truly walking in the forgiveness of Christ. Let's take a look at Matthew 6, 9 through 15. If I can get there. All right, so this is the this is um, the sinner's prayer here. Uh, or I'm so this is this is Jesus telling us um, how we should pray, also known as the Lord's Prayer. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So tonight we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about repentance. Christianity is also about forgiveness, though. And yet many Christians don't understand it. They understand how important it is to pray the sinner's prayer, but they don't always apply it to the rest of their lives. You may be one of those who don't want to forgive others for what they have done to you. This is the very common thing, um, even among Christian people. Um, you know, you say you don't hold a grudge, but... Um, you know, when a person, one person says a cross word, you just kind of blow up at them. You know, uh, I was reminded of the story of a, 
of this prophet um, who was, you know, he knew God. This prophet, he spoke with God. He, he, he lived under the law of Moses. He followed very close to the religious traditions of his day. He was well respected by other godly people. But this prophet didn't understand forgiveness. He refused to offer forgiveness to a certain group of people. We all know these people lived in Nineveh. His name was Jonah. There are many people who are like the prophet Jonah. They would rather have the city of Nineveh destroyed than to have to deal with forgiveness. There are some people who would rather have judgment come to those who have hurt them than to ever offer them forgiveness. This isn't God's plan for our life. Let's be honest with ourselves. There has, there's been those certain people in our lives that have knowingly hurt us. And unfortunately, we've never forgotten what they've done to us and we've not forgiven them. If you're ever around somebody and they just, you know, they say one, one thing wrong and, you know, boy, you just light up. Uh, you know, not like a Christmas tree, but more like, more like a bomb. Like if you shoot Tannerite, you know, you just, you just get, blow up like, like they just killed a dog in front of you, a little puppy, just strangled it. it you have no idea why. But it, it, when that person says something, it just goes all through you and you, can't, you just can't handle it. You've got you to gotta leave. Many of us um, become angry um, just because of certain people in our past. No one can understand all the pain that, you know, these people have caused us. Um, It's our secret. It's our closet. And and we hide it from everyone else. And then we read us what Christ told us in Matthew 6. These words spoken to us by Jesus will bring us into a level of accountability with how we deal with unforgiveness. You know, some people, they enjoy wallowing in their old feelings caused by unforgiveness. You know, they think, you know, I've got a right to feel this way and, and nobody can tell me otherwise because you, you don't know what they put me through. Um, some people may have pride issues. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're prideful about it. You know, you might hear somebody say, you know, I've seen this happen many more times than I care to remember. Um, you know, I believe it's one of the number one, Number one hindrances of anyone's growth in relationship with the Lord. It's always the number one hindrance in the growth of the church. Some people expect the person who hurt them to come to them with an apology. Some can demand outlandish and ridiculous apologies from the people that hurt that have hurt them. You know, we often think that those people simply don't care if they hurt us or not, but most of the time they don't even know it. Most of the time you're wallowing in unforgiveness and they have no idea that they've even wronged you. Sometimes we not only want an apology, we want it publicly um, so that everyone we know will know exactly what they did to us and just how badly they've hurt us. We might call this our fantasy of forgiveness. You know, in this fantasy, it's a place of forgiveness. You know, it should be like a, like a cathedral. Um, you know, like a, uh, a shrine, a temple. Um, you know, with big Greek pillars and you're sitting up there on a throne and, and there's people lined up down the streets just, you know, just they're crying, they're bawling because they're so sad that they have wronged you. And, you know, they're just, there's a big long line because, you know, we've all been wronged by so many people. Um, and so, you know, not, it's, 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 you're not just sitting there alone, but uh, who's a famous guy? Um, 
John Roberts from Fox News is out there. He's got a cameraman with him, and he's he's out there, and he's with all the lights, with all the cameras, and he's he's covering the story about all of the enemies of, of of our life. One by one, they bow before us and they beg us for to forgive them. And as a result of our deep spirituality and all the huma- humility that we have, we're more than willing to grant them their requests. We'll be sure to tell everyone that we've forgiven that terrible person that hurts us. That's a fantasy. Uh, it sounds ridiculous, and it should, but sometimes we act that way. You know, we, somebody has wronged us, and we, we think, why haven't they asked for forgiveness? Why haven't they come to us and said, I'm sorry? Um, why haven't they, why haven't they um, went out of their way to make sure that I feel better? But Jesus has told us, what we need to do, and that's to pray. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. The soul-searching question I ask myself is, when I read this passage is, how do I know whether or not I have truly forgiven somebody? How do we know? I mean, I, I, I've said to myself before that, you know, I, forgot, I forgave somebody, but man, when they did something wrong to me, I remember what they did, and I'm going to add that on top of what they already did. Did I truly forgive them? In any, in any situation that we're waiting for an apology, we have not forgiven that person. Perhaps at this moment, uh, some of you guys are thinking of faces are appearing in your mind. Um, hopefully not. But if they are, it's okay. Um, it's not the end of the world. We've all been there before if we're not still there already. You've told yourself that you forgave him, but truly you haven't yet. With no one, no one looking around, I would say that this would be a good time to make a written note to yourself and to begin to deal with this. And I'd say, don't put it off another day. See, while you wait for those apologies, you're going to continue to suffer in certain areas of your life. By not having forgiveness, one, you'll prevent, you'll prevent yourself from being delivered from from your old habits and your old heartaches and your old ways of thinking. And as a result, our relationship with Christ will be stopped from will, will stop growing. In some cases, you may think you're justified in waiting for an apology from someone. After all, you didn't do anything wrong, right? But the ball's in your court. You tell yourself that you can't change it, that it's not your fault, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, you, you, you try to forgive him before and you just couldn't do it. We can also become bitter. In Hebrews 12 and 15, it says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and then no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. The Bible tells us that, that passage, that there, in this passage, that there is a ty- type of spiritual poison that can destroy us as a result of bitterness. We can also become trapped. In 2 Timothy 2.26 says, The snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. And at this point, you no longer have control of your life. You'll find yourself doing things that are ungodly. I think we can all say at one point that we, we've, we felt wrong by somebody at some point, whether it was a family member or a friend or an acquaintance. Um, you know, and when we do something wrong, we, we, we repent like we're supposed to. Um, 
and 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 you, you know we go we go through through all the all the things that we know to do you know asking God to forgive us for our sins and and and, and washing us clean and and making us a new creature and helping us not to continue in this sin and and but some somehow some way that sin keeps creeping back up um and it may just be because you have that unforgiveness in your life. Sometimes we take offense to anything and everything. We see in Ephesians 4, through, verse 30 through 32, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You know, King David, um, he once failed God and was living his life in unforgiveness. But David, he soon sensed the Spirit of God had left him. And he became miserable. We read about it in, in Psalms. But we cannot make it without the presence of the Holy Spirit. We may be pleading with the Holy Spirit to help us or to baptize us with the power while we have unforgiveness in our lives. We cannot pray and ask for the anointing while we are living in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can give the devil an opportunity to control us. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. If you want to turn there. If not, I will turn to it. It says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So the, the Greek word for place um, is, means actually an opportunity. Um, in the NIV, um, it says a foothold, um, which typically that happens. Um, what happens is one sin of unforgiveness leads to another leads to another, leads to another. And this foothold, it can start an early age of life with an act that is left unforgiven. A child can come, become angry, but later in life that adolescent can turn to, that adolescent can turn to drugs or he can turn to alcohol, um, whatever it is to cover up the pain, to cover up, to, t to fill that void um, that the unforgiveness creates. And later in life, um, as an adult, he or she may become bitter, resorting to violence and physical abuse. The unforgiveness was never dealt with, and he or she will eventually become. He'll retaliate. They'll retaliate um, towards everyone, no matter what happens. The devil's not satisfied to have a single small victory in your life. As a person continues to live in unforgiveness, the devil will make sure that he seizes every opportunity, because the devil is always looking for that foothold. We all need to understand the, the great dangers of unforgiveness. No matter how, how much it, 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 
it is involved in your daily life. Unforgiveness leaves a foothold for the devil to, to snare you. And the last thing unforgiveness does, it makes us un- insensitive to our sins. Psalm 36 and verse 2 says, For he flatters himself in his own eyes when he finds out his iniquity. This is the final stage of the destruction of unforgiveness. It is when we lose touch with how corrupt we have become because of our unforgiveness. We no longer see the need for for forgiveness. We begin to flatter ourselves with our own justification for our faults. We'll read 1 John 2, 9 through 11. Whosoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This person hates someone and this causes him to be blinded. Is it possible that some of the, the reason why we do not know where we are going in life has to do with our unforgiveness? We'll read John 3, 1 John three fifteen. Things not wanting to work for me. Technical difficulties. Okay. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Sounds kind of harsh. Sounds kind of harsh. If we're involved in any kind of hatred towards those whom we have not forgiven, we do not have eternal life within us. With unforgiveness, we will not have a personal relationship with Jesus. He said that he was the way, he was the truth, and that he was the life. And Christ cannot and he will not forgive us if we are not forgiving those who have offended us. There is no easy way around this matter of forgiveness. Forgiveness has two methods of redemption. One is the translation of forgiveness means we send away the wrongdoing, much like what the priest would, would do in the Old Testament. He would lay hands on a ram and then send it, out, send it out into the wilderness, never to return. Another means to release the wrongdoing, much like a prisoner is released from prison. There is a type of stronghold that controls people where there is unforgiveness. If we forgive someone who has wronged us, we release them being imprisoned. In Colossians 3, 12 through 13, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and for- 
Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So as, as we close tonight, um, this message is a little bit shorter, um, but I'm actually kind of glad it is. Um, I think it's, it's important for us to be able to take time to be able to talk with God and ask Him what it is that, that we need to do. Um, Ken, if you want, you can go ahead and come to the piano. Because unforgiveness is a, is a big deal. Um, you know, I, I went a long time uh, with unforgiveness in my heart um, for a certain few people in my life that's really close to me. And I often wondered why my life was in shambles, uh, why things continued to happen that had nothing to do with them. Uh, you know, and, and I would continue to walk through life just, you know, wondering why God, why me, why, am I, why is this happening? Um, and I could never, I never found an answer um, uh, until this. Uh, when, when you have unforgiveness in your, in your heart and in your life, you, God cannot forgive you. Um, you know, it, God says that when it, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, lay your um, lay your sacrifice down at the altar and go until that's made right. You you can't you can't expect God to forgive you when you have that unforgiveness in your heart. Sir, so if there's anybody here today uh, or tonight, um, you know you're thinking when we when I was talking about this, you you thought of somebody in your mind. Um, and it can be a big thing, it can be a huge thing, it can be small. Um, doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter who it is. Um, do you feel like somebody's wronged you? Do you feel like, you know, God, I, I thought I forgave that person, but, you know, during the message tonight, that, that person came to my mind, and I'm like, I thought I forgave that person. You know, and, and I often wondered why they never apologized to me. Tonight, I want you to spend some time in prayer, um, talking with God. Um, you know, it's easy, it's, it's easy to get offended living life. It's easy to get offended when you're just going day by day, doing the things you know you're supposed to do, but we get lax sometimes, and, and, and we, we get overwhelmed sometimes, and, and the little things can grab a hold of us. The devil's sneaky. The devil knows exactly what to do to get under your skin. And he'll use anybody he can to do it. But you need to know that whatever that is, whatever that, whatever that grudge you're holding, whatever that um, hatred, the, the unforgiveness that you're holding on to, it's all, it's all part of the devil's plan. Um, and so tonight I just want to open up the altars. Um, just pray about it. Um, talk to God, you know, see if there's any anything that you that didn't come to mind. Um, because we all want to be right in the eyes of God. We all want to be be true to ourselves and 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 be able to draw closer to God and be more like him. The deep the water so 